Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. Welcoming our guest, Pelele Kaseke, who is all the way from Bulawayo, based in South Africa right now, enjoying the music, <laughs> playing it at full blast. She's the, the head of programs for SOS Insurance Village in South Africa. So, Pelele, I hear you are dancing and blasting the sound oh, there. Oh, my word, Patricia. <laughs> You had my whole house dancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I even uh, was, you know, sneaking in on the conversation you and Brabenzito were having. Uh, him speaking Shauna so well. I, I'm, I'm actually yeah. very jealous. <laughs> in Bulawayo, oh. do you also speak Shona or are, are you in Debele? I speak both. Hey, I speak both Shona and Debele. Yay, yeah. multilingual, multilingual. So, Pelele, yeah. today we are talking about something that's quite um, heart-drenching, and that's uh, yeah. the fact that Mental Health Day is being celebrated, but we are giving a focus on children and what yeah. some of the circumstances that could lead to a child having long-term mental health issues. Uh, let's talk about them. What are the circumstances? So, Patricia, you know, mental health for children has always been really underplayed and not really recognized because it is not uh, extremely obvious. But we know that a lot of children suffer from uh, a lot of mental health challenges. And uh, we know recently due to COVID, children couldn't access schools, they couldn't play. And there was quite a big increase in numbers of children showing mental health challenges. And um, but but this just became more obvious because of COVID. But it, it has always been, you know, existing children who live in, in situations where there's a lot of conflict, children who have got a lot of fear, fear of their parents or fear of just going to school. So all those kind of environments just make it so difficult for children to cope and just present more mental health challenges. So the home environment, the community environment, the school environment mm. plays a huge role in a child's mental well-being. Very big, Patricia, and this is part of the reason why we as SOS take mental health very, very closely and very, very, it's very close to our heart because we know that the home environment in SOS believes in recreating homes for children and making sure that every child has a loving home and just having that space, that loving home where you can be supported, where you can be cared for, where you can express yourself as a child contributes immensely to a child's mental health. You know, when it comes to children, um, a, a lot of people still find it difficult to identify when a child is not okay. I mean, mm. we grew up uh, with sayings like children should be seen and not heard. And some households still live by that. Children can't express themselves. Mm. And it's actually normal for a child to just be quiet and keep to themselves. There, there, some mm. households actually hail such behavior. So how mm. can we then, as adults, whether you're a community leader, a teacher, in kindergarten, garden, at a school, um, a religious leader, a traditional leader, how can we identify those telltale signs that this particular child is in an environment that's not conducive for their mental growth? Mm. You, you know, Patricia, one of the things that we, we speak about at SOS is how it's important for the caregivers themselves to be well and to be able to know what mental health challenges are. And so we, if, if your parent is aware of mental health challenges, they're able to pick out that mm, 
my child has got uh, eating disorders, my child is depressed, my child is, you know, all those things. We, we know that there are general mental health challenges that we all go through. Sometimes I feel sad, I feel unhappy, I feel all these things. But we also know that it, there, there are some that become disorders. We have a, a, an increase in numbers of children who are attempting suicide and all those things. Uh, they start off as subtle things that if not addressed, you know, your child has stopped talking, your child doesn't want to play, your child is self-isolating, your child is not interacting, they have no hope for the future. You ask them, what do you want to do? They, they don't even want to be a part of tomorrow. So all those kind of conversations that you have day to day with your child in the house can give you indicators of some of the, ch- the challenges that could contribute to mental health challenges for children. You know, as Pelile, you made mention that it is important for caregivers, parents and um, adults in society to also um, understand mental health issues in order for Mm -hmm. them to be able to, you know, identify them in turn. So how do parents make sure that their own mental well-being is looked after so it doesn't affect their children? Mm -hmm. You know what, I I, I think for me, they... I, I give big recognition to organizations like uh, Depression SA and things like that because they have worked hard in creating awareness on mental health issues, especially for adults and children. And I mean, I mean growing up, for, for some of us, these are not things that we were known. Hey, you would just be easily sidelined or stigmatized if you had a mental health issue. But now I think there's quite a lot of awareness. There's organizations that are creating that awareness that make it possible for people to see that, mm, you know, I, I'm starting to not to function well in my day-to-day operations as a mother or as a person. And I need to start to seek help or I need to speak to someone about this. So some of those, yeah. A-teamers, we are in conversation with Sipeli Le Kasenge, who is head of programs for SOS Children's Village in South Africa. So yesterday, the 10th of August, uh, October, here I am taking us way back, but the 10th of October was uh, World Mental Health Day. And uh, I think the main focus uh, for SOS and other organizations that they've partnered with is uh, the mental health of children and how we can make sure that our children are in a good and healthy state mentally. And uh, it, it all depends on the environment. I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the things that you have seen exasperated in our communities due to COVID-19? Some of the conditions that make you frown, make you worry, especially for children, their safety, their mental health, even their nutritional growth. Please do call in and uh, comment or even ask questions. We've got Pelele, like I said, who's the head of programs for SOS Children's Village in South Africa. You can WhatsApp 614104 107 or you can sms 41391 call in on 011-714-2006 Sipelele, you know with COVID-19 the one thing that i have noticed is that a lot of children um, have lost their parents a lot mm-hmm. of minors have lost caregivers so mm-hmm. just like we had in the times of uh, uh, the, the the great depression i call it when hiv and aids were very rife in our communities before the medication 
Uh, there were a lot of child-headed house homes. Right now, we are facing the same thing in South Africa mm. and across the globe. So how will you as SOS and some of your other partners ensure that we are able to support these children? Because it's mentally um, you know, uh, challenging, mentally and emotionally challenging to lo- lose a caregiver and a parent. Mm-hmm. You you know what? Um, I, I think a, a big thing that has come with COVID is, in addition to loss of parents, is loss of income because we know a lot of people have lost jobs. So the uncle that was going to take you in is a child of the sister who has passed away, is struggling now and cannot take you into their home and care for you. So it's just an added challenge that, that, that children are facing. But I think as SOS, we want to give recognition to a whole lot of people, individuals and companies and people who stepped up to just come and say, you know, we will help in one way or the other. We have started offering dignity packs to people. We know that sometimes when there's no income, just being able to buy toothpaste and soap is not an, uh, an easy thing for anyone. So we, we also offer that. We also push to ensure that children have access to a loving home. We train caregivers, we train parents, we recreate homes for children just so that they can have that whole safety and a loving environment, a place to, to, to go home to. So those are some of the kind of things. But we also offer psychosocial support to our staff and our team and the children in our care. Now, what's within these dignity packs? So in the dignity packs, we usually give, you know, it's basic toothpaste, some Vaseline, some uh, a towel, roll-on, a spray, you know, stuff like that. The stuff that you know that, you know, people won't, you know, instead of buying a roll-on, I would rather buy a loaf of bread, yeah? So we know once we give them bread and, and everything else, we add on to that and give them something else that, you know, at least helps them to uphold their dignity. So we call them dignity packs, but yeah. And how do we as a community support this initiative, especially around the dignity packs, to ensure that every child gets, um, you know, a pack and every uh, child gets the opportunity to interact with one of your uh, staff members, a caregiver, someone who can reach out a helping hand? Mm. So we're always open to people who would like to support us. You can give us a call. Can I give you our number? Yes, please okay? do. Okay. So you can call us on our number 011-234-8708. Or you can also email info at SOS South Africa, one word, dot org, dot za. All right, so anyone can just SMS and um, can call in or send mm-hmm. an email and you'd be able yes. to let them know how yes. can, they can donate yeah. these dignity packs. Or they can also go on our website, www.sosouthafrica.org.za. Excellent. Let's go to a voice note. Mm-hmm. Hi, Patricia. This is Anonymous in Durban. Uh, I've seen my kids in 2017 being depressed when they were supposed to leave to Eastern Cape. And uh, the next day I found a call. Uh, My boy was asking me, when am I coming with them? I had to lie by that time that I'm coming there. 
soon. And uh, kept, he kept on uh, phoning me, asking me when am I coming back. Today, it's it's a fifth year since I've never seen them. And uh, yeah, it was so depressing even for me. So bad. Sure. Mm. Those are the experiences that uh, other children are yeah. experiencing. And you can yeah. hear from the father's voice that clearly the circumstances, although he has not uh, yeah. explained them to us, uh, why he's not able to see his children are circumstances beyond his reach. What can yeah. you do to assist such a person and the child? Yeah. Uh, we will, I think I would recommend that maybe he phones a depression essay. And, and really speak to them about the issues and circumstances around uh, him not being able to, to reach out to, to, to see his children. But Patricia, this is also something that we're seeing quite quite common with, with, with a lot of our children, separation from siblings due to COVID and other things and separation from their parents. And it, it really does affect a lot of, gives them a lot of attachment challenges and harsh difficulties to cope. It's it's very it's very sad. It's it's very yeah, very sad. Really sad yeah. I mean, you know, as much as death is difficult to deal with, but I think mm-hmm. separation becomes even more difficult to deal with because mm-hmm. you keep asking yourself questions, especially from the child's point of view. So yeah. maybe let's talk about the cost of mental health. I mean. It's not cheap to see a psychologist. It's not cheap to um, see a psychiatrist if you need to get to that uh, route. So how can we ensure that all South Africans are able to access mental health care? Mm. You know, the, the theme for mental health this, this year is an equal, uh, mental health in an unequal world. I think it's giving recognition to what you have just said that uh, accessing mental health is not cheap for, for everybody. And we know that in, in, in uh, low-resource areas, it's, it's actually almost impossible to get to get such services. But one of the things that we, we also advocate for is investing in uh, mental health training and mental health development for people, for caregivers and people, your teachers, your nurses, and people who have day-to-day access to children. This is what is being referred to as psychological first aid, where you start to identify some of those issues that children can have, and I can pick them up as a non-mental health practitioner and refer them. So it's it's kind of that kind of environment that we're trying to create, but we, we really know that it's, it is not cheap and it's not really easy for anyone, especially in low-resource areas, to access. Is there anything that can be done to encourage our public health care system to incorporate mental health as one of their services that they really push and ensure that there's, you know, dignity in the nature or the way that mental health is given, mental health care is given in our public health care service? I I think um, the government has started to do a lot of, uh, I know they do like uh, mobile mobile services that they offer that has a mental health practitioner inside together with the nurse and someone else, like a whole kind of package that they're offering to people and they go around in in low-resource communities so that people can access that service. Uh, I think it's it's, it's one of the best initiatives that they have done to reach out to families and communities 
And I think that needs to, to, to be grown and more of that needs to be done. But yeah, I, I still think that they, there's quite a lot of work that advocacy organizations really need to do to speak into uh, government investing more into mental health issues. Mm, a lot and needs especially to be done. of children. Yeah. yeah, a lot needs to be done. How does yeah. one uh, get the psychological first aid uh, certificate if there is one? So there are organizations, I know organizations like REPSI who are offering trainings around that. But yeah, it, it is something that people can, I know they've been offering it to communities and just training communities, especially during around the COVID era, to kind of create awareness for them uh, 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 around uh, mental health. They just call it psychological first aid, yeah. Sure. Another issue here is suicide. The suicide rate, especially with children, is constantly increasing. We are getting into grade 12 um, exam time. Uh, but not only for grade 12s. I mean, even children as young as 13, 14 are committing suicide. What can be done? You know, the, the pressure to succeed in an environment that is not uh, supportive of, of your ambitions is very, very difficult, especially for, for, for we work a lot with, with a lot of young people who have uh, ambitions to, to start businesses, to do this and that. But the environment is not conducive. It's not making it possible for that. So that kind of pressure is really creating a lot of hopelessness. And I mean, if I, if I don't do well in my metric, if I don't do well in certain things that I'm expected to do well by society, then, you know, I'm considered a failure. And I also start to believe that I'm a failure and I don't want to be part of this community. If I'm a failure, so then suicide is, is looking like a, an option for me. But I really think that it starts at home. It starts with us in the way we nature and we care for our children, helping children understand that, you know, you've done your best and your best is enough for me as your parent and as your caregiver. And I will still love you and support you in, in that that you are doing. So I, I really think that for me, a lot of the work really starts in the home, really starts in the schools, having that teacher who says, even if I'm not uh, maths inclined, I'm not passing my maths, but recognizes other things that I can do and encourages that. Mm. So teachers and parents and caregivers need to be very cognizant of how we talk to our children, what we say to them. Uh, don't amplify exactly. their weaknesses, but rather assist them exactly. with where they are going weak and amplify their strong points. I mean, it, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially when you know how difficult the world is to watch your child mm. not uh, succeed in a particular subject. But you need to do everything with love. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the foundation to do it with love. Yeah. And let your child know that, you know what, I, I might not be the smartest kid, but you know what, my, my grandmother, my parents, my whoever still loves me, you know. So, yeah. Spelile, thank you so very much for joining us. So please give us uh, those contact details once again for people who want to be in touch with you at SOS uh, Children's Village and uh, especially for our A-teamers to start donating into those dignity packs. Mm, thank you so much, Patricia. Our telephone number is 
you can email info at sosouthafrica, one word, dot org, dot za, or go on our website, www.sosouthafrica.org.za. Actually, before I let you go, um, how many children do you have in your villages? In our villages, currently, we have uh, 4,000 children. Sure. So there's a lot of you, help you mean that you staying needed. in our villages? Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. These are children in our care. In your through, care, because we also have a family strengthening program. Yeah, staying in our village, we have an average of sixty children per village, and we have eight eight uh, villages in the provinces. Yeah. The the reason why I ask this is because I want our A teamers to understand how important it is for us to all donate into these dignity packs. Tell you what, exactly. I'm definitely going to come through with uh, some donations from my side personally. So oh, wait for my call and I'll be coming through to one of your villages to donate. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate Thank you very much for joining us, Pelelen, for the great work that you are doing at SOS Children's Village. Thank you so much. Thank you for the lovely evening.